Recently, I received a kind card from an anonymous couple. It was a simple message. I just wanted to say thank you and ask the Lord to shower you with his blessings. And then a couple of lines of appreciation. And the Lord used this to stir some much needed strength in my soul. Receiving the note, it led me to open my Bible and dig around a bit to see what the Lord had to say about encouragement. And I read passage after passage, and I was struck by how vital encouragement is. Really, how vital this expression of love is for God's people. In one sense, encouragement is like oxygen in the life of a church. Encouragement keeps hearts beating, minds clear, and hands inspired to serve. And because encouragement is so important to the church, God doesn't merely recommend it. It is not a suggestion or an option. He explicitly commands it. Encourage one another as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So why do we need encouragement? God commanded his people to encourage one another because he knew that we needed it. In the Gospel of John, Jesus warned, in this world you will have trouble. And then he follows that up with some encouragement. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We live in a broken world where everything calls us toward selfishness and despair. Sin steals joy. Do you know that? Sin steals joy. And we need the forgiveness of our sin through the death on the cross, and not just to ensure our destiny in the age to come, but also to discover the best possible to way, way to live as a human being in the present age. And whenever we step beyond God's boundaries, joy decreases, angst increases, sin steals joy. Our bodies break down. I mean, our flesh is temporary, our soul eternal. We are, at the core, souls, created for eternity, inhabiting these fleshly bodies. And the day will come when we'll exchange what is mortal for immortality, temporary for eternal. And so our bodies are not created for eternity. And so they wear down and break down. And the longer we live, the more our bodies betray us. Our bodies break down. Sometimes, dreams die. That which we hoped for, that which we planned for, sought wise counsel over, 
invested time and money, hearts and hands, all for naught. The dreamed about future now looks different. We try and pick up the pieces and move on, but dreams die. And because dreams die, resolve often weakens. All the forces of encouragement are forces against us in this world, in the spiritual realm of darkness, dark places of our own hearts. I mean, we long for a better future. We, we pray for it, work for it, plan. But it's met with such resistance and correction time and time again that our resolve simply weakens. So why do we need encouragement? Sin steals joy. Bodies break down. Dreams die. Resolve weakens. But there's something more than that. And no one really told me this when I signed up for Jesus. That I would suffer so much. They told me of a promise of great love and a promise of forgiveness and the promise of relief and release from persistent shame and guilt, which I long for. Abundance, abundant life now and the promise of eternal life in the age to come. That's what they told me. And those promises that they drew me in and they have proved true and reliable. The promise they failed to share with me was the promise that I would suffer. Jesus said, if any of you want to be my disciple, let them deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will save it. Decades later, Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. And years following the crucifixion, Paul writes even more directly to Timothy, Indeed, all who live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And these promises have proved true and reliable as well. And so I've taken some time to build a case for why encouragement is needed. Sin steals joy. Bodies break down. Dreams die, resolve weakens, and we are promised difficult days when we take up our cross and follow Jesus. As long as it's called today, encourage one another every day so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness.
So what is encouragement? Biblical encouragement is more than complimenting someone's haircut or telling them how much you like their outfit or even what great desserts they make. We need that kind of encouragement, but the kind of encouragement that the Bible talks about speaks to the deep needs of the human soul. I'm talking about extending grace to one another. What we're talking about is encouragement that that lifts someone's heart toward God. Encouragement that, that points to the evidence of grace in someone's life so that they can see and know they are being used by God. Encouragement that points person to, to God's promises, assuring them that whatever comes their way, they are not alone. God is with them. They are with God. Our ancient fathers and mothers regularly encourage one another. In the midst of a missionary trip to a foreign land, one Sabbath, after reading the Law and the Prophets, invitation was extended, Paul stood up, and he encouraged the young believers there. Following this miraculous release from prison, Paul and Silas, they returned to Lydia's home, and there they encouraged one another. They urged one another on in faith and hope, in unity and joy. They encouraged one another with strength from heaven, with fruitfulness and faithfulness. Encouraged one another, persevere, reminding them this world is not our home. There is coming a day when our faith will be sight. What is encouragement? It's an essential way of extending grace to each other. I grow in becoming an encourager to others. Now, there isn't one right way, but I've got a few ideas to help get us started. Pray to God. Ask Him to make you an encourager. Have you ever done that? I mean, God, can you please just give me a heart that loves other people? And show me some creative ways to express that love. God, help me to die to my self-centeredness and grow in a desire to help build others up. And because God delights in helping you and his people obey his commands when we ask, we can trust that his spirit will teach us how to encourage each other. Make encouragement a daily discipline. For some of us, encouragement comes naturally. For others, not so much. I have a reminder in my calendar just to send someone an encouraging note, an email, a text, a phone call. And I need this reminder so that I will pause and pray. And this spurs me on to encourage others. Pray for God to show you who to encourage. 
Ask God, who is it that you want me to encourage? And go through your mind or go through your contact list and scroll down and you can just start texting them. You can use scripture. Nothing encourages us like the promises from God's word. You could make a list of scriptures that have encouraged you. You know, words and stories that maybe you've returned to time and time again. Or maybe there's something you've read and you can capture that and you can share it with others. And if you're not so familiar with the Bible, then, I mean, this is just an invitation to begin exploring the great truths, the great promises of life that's found in the scripture. And there are lots of great tools to make access to the Bible simple. You can Google it. Or you, you can go old school like me and just actually open it up and start turning to that thing in the back. It, it's called a concordance. It, it still works. Be specific in what you say. The note I mentioned at the beginning um, was very specific. The words really spoke to the way God had used me to bless them. And when I read it, I was humbled and reminded of the fact that God does actually work in and through me. And I needed that. We all do. Pray that God would create a culture of encouragement in this church. Ask God to make this congregation a faith community who who love each other in specific, tangible ways like encouragement. And commit yourself to fanning the flame of encouragement. Don't be discouraged if folks don't return your encouragement or if you don't see fruit from it. But creating a church culture that glorifies God, sometimes it takes time and it takes lots of prayer and abundant grace. But I encourage you to keep it up. And be wise. If you want to encourage someone of the opposite sex, use discernment how best to do that. And get started. Who can you encourage right now? Church is more than a place to meet together. It ought to be a place where we come together and actually feel supported. A place we can safely share our feelings, our struggles, our failures. Because we are more than a social club. We're the body of believers in Christ. A few years ago, I was working with a group of pastors, and we went through this exercise asking, which Christ do you need most? And the assignment was to go off to a quiet place for a brief time and look up a couple stories where Jesus expressed his love in different ways, stories of acceptance and or compassion, or moments when he embraced his disciples, or lovingly confronted them. And after the time was up, we were to come together and report back which Jesus we needed most. And when we came back together, we all picked the same story. 
It's a story that took place in the context of the Last Supper. Lots of things happening at that meal besides the eating and drinking and singing. Jesus announced there's a betrayer in our midst. Dispute broke out among the twelve about who's the greatest. Jesus conferred a kingdom on the twelve. And in the middle of all of this hullabaloo, Jesus tells Peter, listen, Satan has demanded and obtained permission to sift you like wheat. And Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison, even to death. Jesus says, Peter, listen, before the rooster crows, announcing the morning, this night, you're going to deny me three times. And in the midst of this tense situation, I mean, because Jesus knows what's coming with the betrayer and this denial and then all deserting. He knows that soon after a time in the garden, imminent arrest, coming trial and crucifixion. And in the midst of all of that, Jesus pauses in this conversation with Peter and he says, But I've prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. But I've prayed for you, Jesus said to Peter, that your own faith may may not fail. And this is the story each pastor of the group chose. Which Christ do we need most? encouraging Jesus. And so I have two suggestions, response, maybe old school and new school. The old school would be to actually write an encouraging note to someone. (laughs) You know, just paper and pen and put it in the mail and let them receive it on the other end. New school is a text message. You can just scroll through your contact list and see who you think the Lord might be leading you and maybe comes to your mind that this person needs some encouragement from me today and you can just send them a text message. It's that simple. Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. 